0: Whether you have a small flock of chickens or a full farming operation, you're probably always looking for ways to make your chores a little bit easier, especially when the temps start to drop.
1: That's why if you haven't tried First Saturday Lime yet, now is the perfect time of year to do so. It helps keep animal enclosures fresher, longer. It also helps keep the ammonia stink down and deters the bugs from getting cozy in your animal's bedding.
0: First Saturday Lime is the go-to pest repellent, deodorizer, and neutralizer of the We Drink and We Farm Things podcast. It's safe, effective, and organic, and you can't beat the amazing subscription program they have that ships a 20-pound bag of First Saturday Lime to your door before the first Saturday of the month, and it always ships free. The subscription comes with
1: a gift each month, too. We got a really handy carabiner in the November box. Go to for Saturdaylime. to sign up for the subscription, so you never run out of lime. We
0: drink things. We farm things. Oh, hey, Sam. Hey, Bev.
1: What you drinking over there?
0: I accidentally stuffed it into a uh, koozie, so Mm -hmm. I had to get it out. (laughs) I grabbed a platform beer company holiday donut cookie. Ooh,
1: sounds like a dessert.
0: Yeah, it does. And it's also a Christmas beer in November because since Mother Nature skipped fall, I figured I would too and just get straight to the Christmas stuff. Well, you're one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Only in my beer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's pretty good. Good. So what did what are you drinking over there? I didn't hear anything open. I'm, mm. It's a mystery to me.
1: No, I had some um, non-hard cider leftover from Uncle John's Cider Mill. So I poured some of that, heated it up in the microwave, <laughs> and then added two shots of Pinnacle Salted Caramel Vodka. Mm. And it, this is dangerous because it does not taste like vodka, but it is delicious, and <laughs> I should cut myself <laughs> off after this one. <laughs>
0: good plan good plan (laughs) and welcome to we drink and we farm things
1: this is the farm comedy podcast that is an
0: adult happy hour for your ears We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it
1: real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gain, and we hope that it can help our audience of small and large-scale farmers to help everyone feel like they're not so alone in this farm thing.
0: And sometimes we go off on tangents that are non-farming related, but we cut a lot of those tangents and stick them up on the Patreon
1: and this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our patreon peeps so go to patreon.com slash drink and farm we have all sorts of fun exclusive recordings up there sometimes bev post pictures and it's an excellent way to support the podcast starting at two dollars a month
0: and speaking of the patreon our drinks this episode are sponsored by molly k which is at hippie underscore hens underscore hacienda over on the instagram so cheers molly
1: cheers <coughs>
0: So yay, no corrections this week.
1: Yay. (laughs) It's always a little sigh of relief that I feel or breathe, I guess. But I don't really feel a sigh of relief. I guess I breathe it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Breathe, Breathe of relief.
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Maybe I should just cut myself off now.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I do have some follow-up because we've made some... Super major, awesome progress on Herc's Loafing Shed, and I'm really excited to share it. Woo! So the metal siding for the actual building part has been delivered, and we actually hung two of the full walls today. Oh So, hey. yeah. We're really excited about that. Yesterday was Friday, and my husband took that day off because the... Uh, All of the panels got delivered the day before that. And he's like, I'm going to get the walls up all by myself because I had to work. So he wasn't going to get to have my hands to help out. And it turned out that he had a lot more framing that needed to be done that he kind of forgot about. (laughs) I told him he should have used our little uh, farm project planner before he started this so that maybe he would remember all the pieces. But he didn't think that that was very funny. And uh, yeah, he just went and worked on it. (laughs) He can do his projects (laughs) how he wants to. But uh, we did discover that uh, we made a mistake on it. Uh, We have to order new roof panels because he measured something wrong, like in the length of it, like including there's these guards that go up at the top and he forgot to take those into account. So the roof panels are like two inches too short. And unfortunately he thinks that we have to keep those. We can't return them and to exchange for new ones um, because of the color that I picked out because I picked Hawaiian blue. (laughs) And then he's like, nobody else in Ross County wants a Hawaiian blue roofed barn. And I'm like, how do you know? I think it's beautiful. So I don't know that he can say that. But anyways, I figured we could just keep them. I told him now he can build me a big chicken tractor out of them. And then he just gave me that look. (laughs) I'm
1: sure you could also like post them on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace if you're oh, yeah. if he's really feeling like he doesn't want a project. But it's always good to have extra stuff like that laying around because you just never know when you're gonna need it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like metal roofing panels, it, depending on the length of them, we might be able to use that to build that little roof over the chicken run that I've been talking about. Like, oh, I can't yeah. remember how wide the chicken run is, but because it doesn't have like. The trim and whatever the uh, like cross breeze stuff is that you have to have in the top of buildings. It doesn't matter if it's a little too long or a little too short. Like it can still just get hung up. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure we can find something to use for it. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) But now we get to dive into our episode. Yay.
1: And we're going to talk about winter. Bev's favorite season. Sam's least favorite season it
0: is my favorite season because you... it's so magical no it's <laughs> not you should see my yard right now
1: like okay when snow first comes down and you're inside and you're toasty and you don't have to go into it and and Bev has her cute little what is it called your what corner
0: my hygge corner
1: yeah and that looks cozy af And you're watching it and you're drinking your hot beverage, but then you have to go out in that shit and be productive and do things. (laughs) And either you're not wearing enough layers or you're wearing too many or so you're freezing or you're sweating or like parts of you are freezing and the rest of you might be sweating um and then you know you let the chickens out to free range and then they just shed all over the place so it's not really like white snow anymore it's more like brownish (laughs) snow and then there's footprints all over the place and then it it starts to warm up and you're like yes and stuff starts to freeze but then it like freezes overnight and then you almost fall on your ass 10 times like sam did this morning (laughs) while doing chores because the hose is frozen so i have to haul five gallon buckets across the way so it's very dramatic over here for Sam. And, and, and while I do kind of feel like a badass pioneer when it's all done um, <laughs> on a very small scale, <laughs> it's not my favorite at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, life during the winter is a lot easier when you don't have to like go out and do a lot of things in it and yeah i'm totally feeling the water thing with you because i accidentally left our hose hooked up to the frost-free hydrant and it froze to it Mm -hmm. so we couldn't use Mm -hmm. that for a whole day and water had to be trucked from inside the house yeah (laughs) sometimes we have to
1: do that too yeah it sucks
0: yeah (laughs) but i mean this winter has just kind of flown in yeah it it wasn't really fall and then suddenly it was winter so today we're gonna talk about uh some of the winterization that we're doing and a couple of things that we're doing just a little differently this year because we weren't originally gonna do a winterization episode since we've already discussed winterization in depth last year and if you missed those, uh, those episodes are episode 33. They're both soft and squishy. That's where we talk about winterizing the chicken coop. In episode 34, when Google happens, we discuss uh, winterizing water. <laughs> and in episode 45, goaty in like a goat way, we talk about winter care of goats. So you can go check those out if you haven't heard those yet.
1: Yeah, those are definitely a great place to start if you, if this is like your first winter with animals on the farm or in your backyard. Um, and if you have like general winterization questions, because we kind of covered a little more broadly um, what you need to think about in order to prepare for colder weather. So definitely start there. But obviously, if you have really specific questions and then you're, you're in a pinch, you can always. Join our Facebook group, or if you're already in there, go ahead and ask um, what everybody else is doing, or if anybody has any clever ideas, because that's the purpose of the group. So you can find that on Facebook at We Drink and We Farm Things.
0: Yes, yes. So uh, I've run into a few issues so far this year. Um, My first one is that I didn't buy hay and straw on (laughs) time. So yeah, I'm pretty much SOL on that at this point. I'm. I'm starting to think. And honestly, the weather this year wasn't very conducive in my region for hay or straw growth anyhow. So it was going to be a tough year for me no matter what. So I probably should have known that and planned ahead. But another problem that I end up having here is that it's so humid in like August and September I don't want to stock up on straw and hay too soon because it, if it gets really like moist in it and I store it in the barn, then I end up with really bad mold issues. So I was kind of trying to hold off. You'd probably
1: be okay though because if you think about it, unless unless there's something with your structure, if you think about it, like I have had like eight hundred bales in in my hay loft. For like since like July, and it gets super humid here too,
0: and they were totally fine.
1: Yeah, okay. Because my neighbor, because my neighbor across the road store says, "Hey, so like barns are a little different. There's ventilation, and and it's up high, so you might run into that issue. But as long as it stays dry, you're probably going to be okay."
0: Yeah, I ended in the up future. with a problem. Um, all of our feed that was in our tack room this summer, it all molded. I had to chuck everything in our tack room Ooh. and redo it. So we might have an issue in our barn somewhere that I just haven't discovered. Or there may have just been something wrong with that batch. And that was why everything in there molded. You know, or maybe something dragged something in. It's totally hard to say. Yeah. But... Um, I've also had some issues with, uh, I, cause I feed the goats in the, um, and Herc chaffé every now and then I was mm-hmm. having a really hard time keeping that from molding. And it took me forever to find a container I could store it in. Cause inside the plastic bags, water or like condensation was just like building up in there and it was causing it to just like mold way sooner than it was supposed to.
1: Interesting.
0: I'm guessing I have an issue in my building. Hmm. Hmm. But it's good to know that you're able to store that much and not have mold issues because now I have a place to start. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. In looking into what my issue is.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's definitely possible.
0: That's what I thought too, because I, when I talked to one of my friends about it, she's like, oh yeah, so-and-so down the road started collecting stuff for winter back in July. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I need to talk to them and see how they're stacking it.
1: Yeah. If, if somebody... That's listening has an idea of what Bev could possibly do or look at. Um, feel free to email us at drinkenvironmentgmail.com or drop us some ideas in the group because I can guarantee you, Bev's not the only one having this sh- issue, too. <laughs> and we'd love to share yeah. that information to help everyone that might be running into the same thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I did um, come up with some solutions so that the animals don't starve this winter, because obviously that's my (laughs) first priority. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And um, lucky for me, the goats, the goats are relatively easy keepers during the winter time. They'll basically eat their feed in whatever form I want to give it to them. So like they don't have hay to munch on. They don't seem to really care. So Timothy pellets work great for them a little handful of grain to get their rumen going and keep the warmth up, uh, they're going to be pretty happy. I try to give them at least a little bit of hay every day because otherwise they get a little bored, especially when there's just ice and snow in the pasture. They literally have nothing to do. <laughs> so,
1: Right. And really with um, – I've heard anyways, and, and I've noticed with the goats that we have because we always just throw in a couple of things, like uh, a couple of – slices i guess sleeves section flakes flakes <laughs> there we go okay um they definitely way more in the winter than they do in the summer and i think part of that is boredom but um they definitely drink more water in the winter than they do in the summer and some of that too is that they do have to keep that room and going all the time to stay warm um mm-hmm. so for people Um, with goats you might notice that their eating behavior and drinking behavior does change and I think mine does too when it's colder outside
0: (laughs) yeah I definitely consume just a little more because it helps keep the body heat up right exactly that's what I'm going with (laughs) yes Uh, But for Herc, Herc can't eat all of his food in pellet form. Well, I guess he might be able to, but he would get super bored without something to forage on. Mm -hmm. So lucky for me, uh, we have straw that he can forage on so it doesn't just have to be hay. So he can have a mix of straw and hay and he'll be fine. Um, And thankfully, my neighbor's parents have taken it upon themselves to hunt down some hay and straw for me. So we'll see if they come up with anything. They've been living in this area for forever, so they know everybody. So if anybody is going to be able to find it for me, it's them. And I felt really guilty that they were doing this when my friend told me. I was like, no, they don't have to do that for me. I'll figure it out, I promise, because I hate asking people for help. And she's like, no. They're retired, they need something to do, let them find you hay and straw. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you to them. Uh but one of the things that I've done is uh I've been picking up those bales of compressed straw and Timothy grass at TSC every time I go. And last winter I always kept a few on hand. uh, for, at, for an emergency, just in case, because um, you never want to run out completely of feed. That's always like my biggest fear in the middle of the winter. So I'm already pretty familiar with those, but I did look up a couple of things about compressed bales that I thought was interesting. So compressed bales weigh 50 pounds and they have a lower moisture content than regular bales. So they can be fed at one and a half percent body weight, whereas regular hay is 2%. And because they're drier, they're dustier and you need to open them up to let them relax before feeding. And the cost for the compressed bales of Timothy hay is about $20 a bale, whereas the cost of regular hay is around $7.50 a bale here. And regular hay weighs anywhere from 45 to 75 pounds. It kind of depends on the moisture content on the weight. So bales of hay would have definitely been cheaper for me. Um, But these compressed bales will do. And the compressed straw is around $10 a bale, whereas regular straw is around that $7 or $7.50 a bale as well. So I'm not doing too bad on the straw, thankfully. (laughs) Yes. And then one of the other things I'm going to do is I'm going to take a trip down south and pick up 20 bags of chaffee because chaffe can make up the majority of both of their diets. And because it's stored in a plastic bag and I don't have to worry about moisture and mold during the winter wintertime, uh, that I can always have on hand to feed them. And then I know that I'll never get into a pinch as far as feed goes. So, yeah, that's my my feeding conundrum and how I've decided to solve it. <laughs> oh, one of the other issues that I've run into so far is that the chicken's waterer, the heated waterer, I guess I should say, wasn't reliable. So I'm in the process of installing a new system. I haven't finished it yet. But my old system, which I describe in the episode where we talk about winterizing the coop, is basically like a bulb underneath a concrete block and that bulb heats the block up which keeps the water from freezing well my Mm. bulb kept going out (laughs) (laughs) and you can't see it so you don't know that it's gone out because there's no light that comes out of the bottom of the block so you don't know it until you pick up the water and you're like shit it's just a giant (laughs) ice block so our new system is one of the heated dog bowls one of the really large heated dog bowls and we cut the trough part of just a regular chicken fountain off so that the water comes out of the spout and goes into the dog bowl and when the dog bowl fills with water it holds the chicken fountain up and keeps the rest of the water from draining out of the tank And uh, I got that idea from my friend Amy over at Fruitdale Farm. That's what she used last winter. And it worked so well. Her coop is really tiny. It's far away from the house. She didn't have any supplemental heat in it. And during the polar vortex, I went and checked on her chickens. And their water was still excellent with Hmm. that system. So I'm going to put one of those into place. And I'll take some pictures of it when I'm done with it. But since I worked on Herc's shed this morning, I didn't get the water done like I had planned to. So... (laughs) (laughs) And I also had a little more frostbite in my flock last year than I cared for. So I'm gonna try installing one of those heated coop panels this year to see if it helps just like take enough chill out of the air to stop that. And my plan is to just put one panel behind the roost for now, um, because they all roost on the roosting bars. So I'm hoping that having the heat during the coldest point in the night will be enough to keep that from happening, but like they're chickens, so we can't force them to not stick their giant combs and wattles in the water if they want to. And they also seem to not care when the wind is blowing below zero outside, they'll still just go out there with them soaking wet anyway. So can't save them from everything, but I thought I would give that a try to see if it worked and we'll see if I end up with less frostbite. <laughs>
1: it's worth a shot.
0: It is. Um, oh, and the extra heat, uh, can also help increase egg production if you've hung lights in the coop to keep your chickens laying all winter. It's kind of a combination of the light and heat thing. They won't lay once it gets like below a certain temperature very well, but if there's just a tiny bit of supplemental heat in there, that might be enough to get them started if you have lights hung and they've stopped. So, I mean, of course, you know, it depends on breed and everybody's region the lows are a little different, so like, you know, what works in Southern Ohio might not be enough for, you know, like you in Michigan or Wisconsin or Minnesota, but is worth a shot.
1: <laughs> for sure.
0: And the last thing I'm doing different this winter is that the goats are going to live in the pasture full time instead of going in the barn at night. Um, but that's only once Herc's Loafing Shed is done. I need to have good shelter for everyone first. And I promise you they won't get too cold because they have the bougiest coats ever, and you can hear all about those bougie coats in episode 44, Goatee and Like a Goat Way. Ooh, that was a lot. I'm changing a lot more, and I had a lot more issues than I thought I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's good that you have, you're have you getting a jump on it, right? So. We had like winter, like our winter preview, or you did. I'm still in like, like there's too much snow still here. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was enough to put both of our butts in gears for different reasons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I haven't actually changed that much this year. Um, We do have geese this year and this is our first winter with them. But a de-icer works just fine in their pool unless it gets down to, like, single digits like it did one night here. Uh, then I have to break things, like, the ice up a little bit. Um, they don't... The geese really don't seem bothered by the snow at all. And it's probably because they're wearing down feather jackets. <laughs> uh, Lucky just geese. <laughs> go out, yeah, they'll just go out and, like, sit in it. And then I let them free-range in it for the first time yesterday while I was doing chores. And anytime I let them out, they act like they've just been cramped up for their whole lives. Cause they're very dramatic. They just run out and flap their wings and make all sorts of noise <laughs> and piss off all the other poultry. Um, they're yep. kind of the bullies, but <laughs> they're hilarious. And um, they really seem to enjoy the snow. So they're like, if Bev was an animal, it would be a goose.
0: <laughs> yes. A the geese, because yes. that's fancy. And wears yeah. a tutu? <laughs> yes.
1: Um, uh, the fish tank heaters are still working great in the overhead chicken waters. We have the chicken waters that have nipples on them. Um, and we, I mean, we kind of run into the same issue with frostbite here because they're using those and it runs down their wattles. Um, but we, we've we done the coop panel thing before and most of ours just like ignore it.
0: <laughs> okay. No matter
1: how much I tell them you should really go stand (laughs) over there they do whatever the cluck they want
0: so you're like um, hey guys there's a warm corner over there we promise
1: (laughs) yeah you know when it was like polar vortex last year they just didn't really pay attention to it it was kind of odd to me but um it doesn't hurt to put one of those in there so if you're if it makes you know sense for you to try that and i say definitely go for it because it's not going to hurt anything As long as they can get away from it if they want to. Yeah. I still don't have enough heated water rabbit or heated rabbit waterers yet, um, but it's not the end of the world. It's mostly just inconvenient to have to bring them in to dethaw them, but it really doesn't take that long. Um, But when I have like five of them, it's not my favorite chore to do. Uh, Yeah. We did decide to, and this is different this year, um, we reintegrated all the flocks back into Cluckingham Palace this winter. So we don't have to worry about separate coop setups in the barn versus Cluckingham Palace. We still have to bring the youngest ones that we have. Um, the mama that ran away and hatched seven eggs and brought them back. Her babies <laughs> are still kind of young. But... Um, and we're working through the chicken tractor transition right now with the other ones. So I'm hoping to bring the young ones into the chicken tractor tomorrow. Um, I did integrate the silkies in a couple of the silkies and frizzles in today. Um, they've been in there for like a week and immediately the, the rooster silkies were just trying to F shit up. So, Oh yeah. I mean, it's just their personalities, so they'll get over it. Um, (laughs) But it'll be really nice this year just to have to worry about one big coop instead of trying to manage some smaller coops once everybody starts getting along.
0: That'll Um, probably help cut down on the amount of time your chores take. And during January and February, that's going to be life-altering.
1: Yeah, we'll probably have to do... I don't know how much time it'll save. It'll save me some steps. We'll, we'll put it that way. Because that just means we're going to go through even more food and water in the big coop. So I'll be filling oh, yeah. that more frequently. But it'll be like one trip instead of like four different places I have to go. So I'm looking forward to that simplicity. But what I might end up doing with some of the smaller coops um, is clean them out really, really well. And end up putting rabbits in them. Um, because there there's more room Um, we can throw some tarps down with some straw and let them run around in there Um, since they can't really have access to grass this time of year Uh, so we might (laughs) do that Um, but I gotta get like husband buy-in for that because I'll need some help moving them around because they're huge (laughs) <laughs> um also if someone wants to sponsor our podcast so we can have heated hoses on our property that would be great because that is like the biggest pain in the ass is when the hose is hose is frozen even when we carefully like drain it out after we use it because i mean i would still drain it out i swear it's just that sometimes it's just too cold especially when it's single digits and there's wind whipping even just the slightest bit of uh water in there can freeze and just totally ruin your plans for the day
0: you want to know something really funny we talked about those heated hoses yesterday you and I did yeah and last night before bed Jared's like oh I saw something at the hardware store I've got to show you and he turns his phone around and it's a picture of the heated hose I was looking at on Amazon (laughs) after we talked (laughs) and I was like oh my god did you get me one of those and he's like no I was gonna ask if you think we need one though I was like god I would love to get one but I don't know how much they were from the hardware store they can be kind of spendy but it's a pain to carry because that's how we're gonna have to refill the goats and Herc's water is with five gallon buckets if we don't get a heated hose so I'm seriously considering it but I'm trying to decide if the cost is worth it I mean when you're thinking
1: in terms of stock tank filling it might be because like I have kiddie pools for the ducks and it takes four or five gallon buckets to fill it luckily it's not that far of a walk but it's still not fun so if the goose i think the goose pool is like two or three times that size so i might be putting that on the christmas list this year (laughs) not a bad idea go ahead and get that for me mom i know you're listening
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know and i didn't think to put farm things like on my christmas wish list really yeah. I'm, I don't ever tell people what I want or need. I don't know why. I think it's just it's part of my personality. Like I don't like to ask for help and I don't like to ask for specific things because I'm afraid that I'm like, you know, being like ungrateful for the fact that I'm going to get a gift. But it makes sense to tell people what you want and need because then you actually get stuff that's useful and that right. you want to need, which is what the gift giver wants.
1: <laughs> right. And and think of it in terms of, like, I put yourself in the shoes of a gift giver. You're spending your hard-earned money to give something to someone you want them to like it, and you don't want to waste your money. That's
0: so true. getting
1: a gift that you're not going to use, or, or perhaps you'll return. So if they're asking, you might as well tell them.
0: That's true. You know, Jared's parents are asking us what our gift list is this year i think i'm gonna put a heated hose on it there you go (laughs) jared's dad will be all into that (laughs) he'll be like yes something useful for you that like works for outside i'm all over it (laughs) see
1: there's there should be no shame in asking for what you want or need and sometimes that is a really hard thing to to get past i can understand that yeah definitely i mean i'm guilty of doing that at work so I mean, I probably do it in my personal life, too, and just don't even realize it. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, I'm really lucky, like I mentioned before, that the farmer across the road cuts hay and uses our, bo- our barn to store it because he's got a bunch of horses next door. Um, and we're working out a deal with him for hay. So I feel really, really lucky to have that option because he didn't lose our bar- use our barn last year. Um, he worked out a deal with another farmer that ended up not going so well, so that's why he's throwing it back over here this year. Uh Um, But getting hay is a total pain this time of year, especially when you don't have a farm truck or a trailer. Um, And it can be really expensive. Like, getting it delivered here is like $40 just for the delivery, Um, which isn't terrible when you think in terms of, like, somebody taking their time to drive all the way over here. They're loading it. They're helping unload it. So I don't have a problem paying for it, but it's like that could be like quite a few bales of hay in itself at $40. Um, and it can be really expensive this time of year, too, if, if you didn't buy it early um, because it's a higher demand. So people will pay more for it. And in those like Bev was talking about last year, we did some of the TSC bales of hay and those add up really fast, especially when you have as many goats as we do now. Um, They go through it really quickly. So definitely feeling very grateful that we're in this situation this year and that he's willing to work with us on that
0: so we don't have to worry about it. We have a F-150 as one of our other vehicles. I can only fit six bales of hay in that unless we're going to stack it really high and ratchet strap it all, which Mm -hmm. I haven't experimented with yet because... Our feed store is only five minutes from here. So whenever I'm picking up more than six bales, I just make multiple trips because the time it takes to ratchet it all down isn't worthwhile. Uh, yeah. (laughs) I just go back and forth. But yeah, even with a truck, we still can't get a lot of hay and straw at a time. So it's kind of a pain. A trailer is also on my wish list, but no one's gonna get me that for Christmas. I have to get that for myself. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, going up your hill, your house with a trailer it will be pretty interesting (laughs) you might still have to ratchet strap everything down (laughs) we
0: probably will you're right
1: (laughs) and then it will be worth your time
0: (laughs) yes yes it will because it won't end up all over my driveway
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. and now it's time for we can't even corner
0: woohoo so bev what can't you even about this week So mine's a little different. This is not an article from the internet. It's something that actually happened here just a few days ago. So my neighbor's barn burned down Mm. a couple days ago, which is just super awful in itself. And don't worry, it's not as terrible of a story as everybody's fearing it is. But part of what I just couldn't get over was uh so on thursday i have to set the scene for you it's thursday it's parent teacher conferences orion's in high school so we had to be at the school at four to start his parent teacher conferences because we had to meet with five different teachers right i know and then we had a meeting that we had to go to that was an hour long because he wants to be able to take a college class next year at the school and in order to do that though you have to like sign all this paperwork and go through the rigmarole of learning the rules because there's rules behind high school students taking college classes which is totally understandable And then Aurora had parent teacher conferences at 615. So we had been at the school for over two hours already. I got out of the last meeting late. So I was late running over to Aurora's parent teacher conference. And Jared and Aurora had already headed over there. And I'm running down the hallway. And somebody stops me and is like, hey, there's a fire on your road and someone thinks your house is on fire.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I like
0: stopped. I was like, what i was like is that why my phone was blowing up because i had my phone in my pocket and it's on silent but it still vibrates just a little bit so i could like feel it and i'm like who is pinging me so much right now i'm like i it's rude to pull out my phone in the middle of a high school while I'm in the middle of like what's supposed to be a class. <laughs> right. Oh. So I'm like, I can't do that because these are all high school teachers. Like they're going to be like, what the hell, parents? <laughs> <laughs> so I pull up my phone and yeah, there's like missed calls from unknown numbers and like text messages and stuff. And oh I'm like, God. oh my God. So I start like calling some of these numbers back while I'm running down the hallway towards where Jared is. And I see him and I'm like, there's a fire on our road and someone thinks it's our house. And he's like, it's not. I already called Orion and confirmed it with him. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Because <laughs> if you'd remember last year, he lit the microwave on fire. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: So it was not outside the realm of possibility that it was our house. So I was extremely relieved it was not our house. I, but I was still, when I found out it was our neighbor's barn, I was like, oh, oh, no. I'm like... What can we do to help? Because I'm driving by, I'm driving home and I can see all the fire trucks and stuff. They're still out trying to put it out when I'm coming home from this thing at like 7.30. And uh, we called them and uh, let them know that I have a barn and a barn stall. And I have all sorts of spare crates, so if they have any survivors from the fire, they're more than welcome to bring them over. We will figure out how to house and feed them and take care of them while they're figuring out what to do with the barn. And it turns out they already had everything taken care of, but even though the entire barn burned down, they didn't have any animal casualties.
1: Oh, thank goodness.
0: Right? Yeah, and it was the, the chicken side of the barn that burned down. So... uh. At first, I was like, oh, no, they probably lost their whole chicken flock. And my mm. flock's not laying right now. I don't know why. <laughs> they should oh, be. Oh, mine's not Because they have lights and stuff. Oh, OK. So good. It's not just me. I was like, gosh, I wish I could like bring them some eggs or something. But like, I don't even have any eggs to bring. <laughs> <laughs> but they lost all the stuff. Uh, they lost all of their pellets for their pellet stove. That was what was also stored in that barn. Oh, no. Um, but a bunch of the neighbors got together and went down to the hardware store. And we paid for their pellets for, I, I mean, as many of them as we could. So hopefully, they'll have enough to still heat their house and not have to buy new ones. So it's a good story of neighbors all coming together, yeah, too. that's
1: so nice.
0: But uh, I'm so glad none of their animals were hurt, though. Because when, yeah. when I was driving by, it all I could think was, oh, I would be dying if that was my chicken coop.
1: Yeah.
0: But it's a good reminder to check all the electricity and stuff in your coops and your barns if you can. But, you know, like those things sometimes are not necessarily preventable. Like we don't know really what caused it. So, you know, it's like it's one of those. It's like everybody's worst nightmare.
1: Yeah. Shit happens though, right? (sighs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do.
0: For sure. So what's your can't even this week? So mine's
1: inappropriate. I'll just warn <laughs> everybody now. Um, but we are most likely, I feel like you should knock on wood, not drink that. But by the time this drops, we should have a new family member in the form of a dog, not a human, mm. um, by by the time this drops. So I wanted to talk about some controversy that happened with BarkBox, which if you don't know what BarkBox is, that is a dog subscription box. Kind of like Henny and Rue, but for dogs. Um, and they're... <laughs> if, if you've missed this, then you might be living under a rock. I don't know if you've seen this bad, but there was some controversy over a scandalous dog toy that went viral.
0: <laughs> I
1: totally saw this and it's hilarious. <laughs> and BarkBox claims they had no idea but I have a hard time believing that. Oh, same. <laughs> so this revolves around their Thanksgiving stuffing bark box. Um, and this was supposed to contain a duck and stuffed turkey, a boatload of gravy, and then also the big honkin' pigs in a blanket. That last item was meant to depict a classic cocktail wiener assembled or embellished with a pig snout on one end and a pig butt on the other, and it was featured on BarkBox's Facebook page on November 6th, which is where a few eagle eyed uh, people noticed that the backside of the toy bears a shocking resemblance to an adult entertainment item called a fleshlight. <laughs> so, if you don't know what a fleshlight is, that's Okay. I don't recommend Googling it. You might see some things you don't want to see. But essentially, it is a sex toy that resembles a flashlight and a lady part. Um.
0: So Good description. Good description. Thank you. <laughs>
1: uh, so Ale- Alexis Nelson is the head of the social media marketing of ba- BarkBox. Um, and in this article, she was alerted, told us she was alerted by um, the likeness by a Twitter user, Um, that was kind of like, oh, what's going on? So originally, like, she thought it was actually really funny because butts are funny. Um, and she was expecting a lot of people to talk about it, um, in general. Um, she thought maybe there would be negative reactions from animal rights activists that were unhappy about the depiction of an entire pig rolled up and cooked in one piece. Um, but she was not expecting (laughs) the reaction, uh, to be that it looked like a sex toy. So, if if you were able to see the comments from this original post, it was pretty hilarious. And she kind of had an attitude of, if you can't beat them, join them. So, she and the head content head of contact at BarkBox, Stacy Grissom, kind of jumped in and had fun with it. Uh, there were over 17,000 comments <laughs> on this post. I tried to find it. I do think they took the post down. Um, but there were a lot of good jokes on on that um and a lot of people are having fun with it and the fact that barkbox got in there and made jokes about it as well instead of just kind of being embarrassed about it and like sticking their hand in the sand like makes me want to be a customer
0: <laughs> so my favorite comment from that original thread was does this come in an indiscreet box or in a discrete box like an unmarked box and they replied back no sir it comes in a box labeled bark box <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um so they are claiming that it was not the intent of the of the toy to create such controversy they they say they had no idea um and they actually found the person that design, designed the toy and the designer said, I know what a flashlight is, but I was not thinking about that when I designed this toy. So even though this toy looks like it's an X-rated gadget, internet users simply cannot seem to get enough of it. They actually sold out of the toys within two hours um, and they actually had to drain their Black Friday back stock of the big honkin' pigs in a blanket in order to keep up with the demand. currently the item is not for sale individually the only way to ensure you receive one is to order a double deluxe thanks thanks stuffing themed bark box Um, so I'm not even sure if you can get that anymore um, because this article is a few days old but um, it's worth a shot looking into if you want a good conversation starter if you're hosting Thanksgiving and you have a dog Um, so you could always try to get one in and let us know how that goes But I really enjoyed um, how lighthearted the company was and that they weren't taking themselves too seriously. um, And they just kind of jumped in and had fun with it. So, but at the same time, I just can't even believe that they didn't see it.
0: I I mean, I saw it immediately, (laughs) right? (laughs) When I scrolled by it and I saw it the first time, I thought it was one of those Wish items. Have you ever seen those advertisements on Facebook, like from wish.com? And it's always something super ridiculous. So that's what I thought it was at first. I was like, oh, that's super weird. Someone made a flashlight out of something plushy because you'd never get that thing clean. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, (laughs) this is a Bark Box toy? oh my gosh
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh but yes the end <laughs> so we don't have a farm story this week no be sure and send those to us you can email them to drinkandfarm at gmail.com or you can send them to us through the instagram or facebook and we are taking any type of farm story, but I'd specifically like it if you'd send us some stories about a special chicken or your favorite chicken or a chicken that, you know, like doesn't quite act like all the rest of your chickens. I'm sure you guys have some stories about that out there because we'd love to put together a mini sewed all about special chickens. So think of those stories and send them over to us. And this week,
1: we do have a review to share with you. And just to remind you, we read one review every week from iTunes. If you don't have an Apple product, don't worry. If you have a laptop, you can download iTunes and rate us and review us there. But this week's review is from Dottie Z. And she writes, I love listening to Sam and Bev talk about their real life happenings on the farm. Social media is so good at making things seem easy or fun all of the time, when rea- when in reality it's not. They tell it like it is, they laugh at themselves when needed, and they help make you feel like you're doing all right. Keep it up, ladies.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that.
1: It's so good. It's so nice. Thank you so much, Dottie. And just to remind you guys, if we do read your review... Um, what we're going to do is take each review that we read each week. Um, we're going to put the names in a hat, draw the name out, and then someone wins a mug that is not and will never be in the merch shop. And we're going to send it to you as a thank you. So go do that if you haven't yet.
0: Yes. And just a couple housekeeping and announcements before we wrap up for today. Uh, We have a surprise coming for Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, all the deal things that happen in that little short window of time. So be sure and keep an eye on our social media because we will definitely announce it there. But you can also subscribe to our newsletter and you will be getting that exciting information in email form so you don't have to worry about the algorithm serving it to you. So there will be a link in the show notes to sign up for our newsletter newsletter and make sure you hit that
1: subscribe button and download the episode when you listen this helps us so much and it helps more people like you find us when you do that Um, and you can also share this episode over on instagram and your stories and tag drink and farm and we'll actually send you a promo code just for that episode so you can get a percentage off in our shop
0: Make sure that you look at the show notes to find links to anything that we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing, and all of our social media goodness and merch shops. So thanks for listening, guys.
1: Yeah, we hope you enjoyed our little uh, journey of winterization and Sam complaining about winter and Bev loving winter. Um, (laughs) We're a good team. (laughs) Yes, let us know on the post on instagram that talks about this episode if you are pro or anti-winter because i want to know i want to know who's with me i mean i'm all (laughs) about being positive with me (laughs) but i'm also a realist so (laughs) so come be miserable with me because misery loves company
0: And come join me in my hookah corner because it's very cozy in there. <laughs> looking at the sparkly, shiny, pretty snow. <laughs> <sighs> so until next time, drink, farm, and, and give, give zero, zero clucks. <laughs> Bye, guys.
1: Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm. Things. Want to try out new chicken keeping products but having a hard time figuring out where to start? You must check out Honey and Roo, the Chicken Keeper subscription box. Each box may include a chicken treat, a medical or health product, a book or magazine, and a couple of fun and useful chicken-themed items for the Chicken Keeper.
0: The Honey and Roo subscription box is a great gift to give or receive this holiday season, and the subscription doesn't include just the box, you get 10% off everything in the Henny and Rue shop while you're an active subscriber. So go to hennyandrue.com
1: and use code DRINKANDFARM to get 10% off your first box.